one thing I've learned after all these years, you're gonna save yourself a whole lot of tears. Don't try to figure out who was wrong and who was right. Got them moving along, baby. Punches. Hi, everybody. Your old pal, Mike Houlihan, and welcome back to Hibernian Radio. Coming at you from the bunker. It's kind of a strange show this week because I'm sick. Everybody's sick and dying, and there's kind of a post-holiday malaise that's taken over. So tonight, I thought, let's do a best-of show because uh, I'm dragging, baby. But I'm still here, and the show must go on, and here we have it. So we have a great interview with uh, our, one of our old favorites, Detective Danny Shine. As a matter of fact, he's my favorite, Shine. And this is from November of 2019. Uh, he, uh, he is just a terrific guy, and we have several interviews with Danny in the vault. What's the beauty of the vault? We can go to the vault when we're in trouble. And many of you guys are in the vault, and it's we're, we're hoping to get this film together someday, that all the stuff in the vault. There's over... 250 interviews with cops, firefighters, paramedics, and some nurses. Gotta have some nurses. Okay. So, uh, I hope everybody had a great Christmas, a uh, great uh, New Year's, but uh, that's all over now. Onward to St. We got the one and only uh, Detective Dan Shine tonight, and I have some more information, obits, plugs, everything, jokes. Right after that, so stick around. But here's our old pal, Danny Shine, Detective Danny Shine from November of 2019 on Hibernian Radio. Boy, we got a great show tonight. An old friend, Danny Shine, who was on the show originally back in March, and we just started out, and he's been very supportive in all that time. And I think it's 23 years, Danny, on the CPD? 24 now. 24 years. Sergeant. Sergeant Dan Shine, welcome back to the show, pal. Thank you much, Mike. Now, uh, I thought we had gotten all your stories last time, but I guess not, <laughs> just by <laughs> what we've discussed uh, uh, since you got here. And where do you want to start? Uh, you're the mayor of Mount Greenwood? No, that would be Terry McMahon. Oh, well, I don't know. My this man, is somebody Terry. Told me you were the, um, Terry McMahon is the, is the mayor of Mount Greenwood. He... Grew up in in uh, Christina, and he raised his family in Martyrs, and I, I don't think there's anybody in those two parishes. Billy Donnelly said you were the mayor of Mount Greenwood. Okay. I'm, he had too uh, much to drink then. <laughs> uh, you grew up in St. Gerald's Parish. St. Gerald's in Oakland. Yeah. Went, you were a meteor, uh, D. LaSalle, third generation, did you say? Third? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, and just a guy who knows his way around Chicago. He's now a homicide. You're still a homicide detective? Uh, yeah, Violent Crimes on uh, Midnights. I'm out in area, too. Violent Crimes on Midnights. That's got to be one hell of a gig. <laughs> and what, you took your one night off to be with us. God bless you. 
Yeah. I do. That's what I do, Mike. That's what I do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, now, how long have you been working midnights? I mean, uh, you, you know, I, most of my... Uh, you like it, obviously. Yeah, I do. I do like it. I have enough seniority and everything. I could, I could uh, go to another watch, but uh, I had been on days for about seven years in the property uh, crime section. Yeah. So we did uh, property crimes. We do robberies, burglaries, felony thefts. Wow. And uh, I don't know. I, I needed a little change. And uh, the midnight shift, we, we cover everything. Besides the violent crimes, we would cover burglaries. And While you're talking about violent crime, have you read Dave O'Callaghan's book, Murder Is My Life? I'm not, but I... I'm in the midst of reading it right now, and I want to yeah. give him a plug because it's taken me a long time to read it because the only time I read it is when I have him sitting in the toilet. But it's <laughs> terrific. Yeah. And he's going to be on the show, but talk about violent crime and... Yeah, he's it's, it's lot, he's been there, he was there a lot of years. And yeah, he's he's, uh, he's he's well known on the police department yeah. for sure. Yeah, well and, respected. And, and there's another guy, Larry Casey. Do you know Larry? He has a book. Uh, I can't remember the name of, it, but it's all about it's cop stories. There's nothing like a good cop story, and you got a ton of them. Um, but not only do you have cop stories, but you you're also a hiberniophile. You're very much into your Irish roots and everything, and. Uh, You've been to Ireland, what, 16 times or something like that? Right. Uh, uh, where do you want to start, man? You've got so much going on. Uh, what about, here, let's talk about, uh, you discovered, uh, well, first of all, one of the things you discovered within the last 20 years that you were adopted, right? Right. Tell us about that. Uh, my father, uh, Tom, passed away in 91. My ma, Kathy, passed away in 99. Uh, I was the only kid growing up. And uh, when so I was, so you're an only child. You were their only child. I was, yeah, I was yeah. the child. Yeah. I was the only grandchild on my on my father's side. Oh, wow. so my parents had lost a baby two years before me. I knew I was loved more than most kids. Yeah, you yeah. know, I knew I was loved growing up. There's no doubt about it. And, yeah. Uh, so I was cleaning out my mom's room with uh, a couple aunts and a couple cousins. And I ended up finding some paper, and it turned out to be my adoption file. Wow. And, uh, and had no idea that you had been adopted. Blown away. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, was, I didn't look exactly like Dad or exactly like Mom, but there's no way I didn't look like I didn't belong in the family or yeah. uh, anything like that. So uh, no one had ever mentioned a inkling of this. Yeah. Uh, well, good for them. Growing up or anything like that. you know. Yeah. So uh, I kind of tore up the paperwork. I threw it in a garbage can. And I went down to my old partner's house, uh, John L. Sullivan, and John lived in Bridgeport. And we had a little talk about it, and he goes, "Kid, he goes, what a beautiful story." He goes, "You know, you realize how uh, how loved you were and how much they wanted you." And yeah. uh, and John had kind of a tumultuous uh, upbringing and uh, with his father and mother. And uh, he goes, "God, I wish I was put up for adoption." And he uh. goes, "You know, you you were so lucky." He goes, "You're a lucky kid." And yeah, uh, and he put a good spin on it he early. Put you back on the right yeah, path. Yeah, I got my, yeah, I got my. It took me a while to get my head around it and rip, you know, get my head straight about this. And uh, I decided, you know, he goes, Go, "Don't throw that paperwork out." He goes, "You might need it someday for health purposes." Yeah, or you, right. or you just might make a decision you want to look for these people. And yeah, so I went home and I fished it out of the garbage can, and um, I thought, you know what, one day I'm going to be fifty, and this might really. I might really want to know then. Yeah. So I'm going to start. I'm going to start on a search, and I mean, it is a. It would fill your whole show if I told you the whole know, investigation and yeah. uh, how hard it was to try to get files and uh, everything is sealed in Illinois. You know, since then all these things have opened up, and 
uh, adoptees can go right right in and get their uh, their original birth certificates and stuff, yeah. which I have. But uh, it was it was a difficult uh, thing to try to should I look, should I look, you know, stuff like that. And, but one of the things you discovered is that you have this hereditary disease, right? Yeah, I ended up finding my biological family and um, people that I've known for for years. Turns out that they're they're related to me. They're first cousins, and uh, my cousin got diagnosed <laughs> with a with a disease, genetic genetic disease called hemochromatosis, and uh, the body does not get rid of iron. Yeah. So the blood gets super rich in iron, and eventually it'll start gathering in the organs, which causes chaos. It gets in the liver and causes cirrhosis. The pancreas causes diabetes. Gets in your uh, testicles, your brain, your heart. Uh-huh. Everything, um, all your organs. So um, his doctor suggests all your blood relatives should be tested for this. Yeah. So this cousin of mine comes to me and says. Oh, uh, your cousin came and told Yeah. Yeah, because we're, we're, we've grown to be good friends. My cousin uh, tells me you should, get, you should get tested, you know. Uh, so I go to my doctor. I bring it up to him. He gives, he gives me the test, and I have this disease now. So in order to uh, combat it, hemochromatosis, hermo- right? Hemochromatosis. It's yeah. the they call it the Celtic blood disease, the yeah. Celtic curse. And, and you didn't believe at first that you had it, huh? You, until you had the test. I had no, yeah, I had no idea. I, I, I went to my doctor. I brought it up to him. He said, "Well, I'll, I'll have you tested for it." And uh, it turns out I, I do have this disease, and it's the Celtic blood disease. Uh, West Coast of Ireland, largest population in the world that has it. Ah. Uh, but so, you've dealt with it. Good for you. Yeah. So Well, you, you did tell me that you, you were at one point given blood every week, and now it's yeah. once a month. In order to, uh, there is no cure for this. Yeah. So in order to keep the, the iron out of the organs, you have to give uh, blood on a regular basis. So that's what I do. Wow. Uh, uh, I started out once a week, then went to two weeks, to three weeks, now I'm, I'm at a month. Uh, you know, when I was a kid, I had a problem getting too much blood into my organ. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I couldn't resist that. Uh, apropos of nothing. <laughs> um, now, so you got that. You got the adoption. Tell me another story. You, you have a group that you're working on. I started oh. uh, a, few week, a few years ago that I, uh, I wanted to get back into swing and go to Mass. Yeah, good so for you. Just one weekend, I just I said, you know what? I'm going to go to a church I've never been to. Uh, I'll try St. Dennis. Sure. Never been there. I have a. Well, what they, parish did you grow up in? I grew up in Gerald's in Oh, St. Gerald's, yeah. Yeah. You know Billy Desmond? Tim Desmond. I do. You know, know, I know the okay. Desmonds, yeah. 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 used to own uh, Jack Desmond's Irish Pub. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, good guy. Um, so I went to St. Dennis, and I thought about uh, all the people that I had known that grew up and uh, went there. And I, I left there, and I thought, oh, that was pretty cool, going and checking out another church. And so you went on a Sunday? Yeah. So the I, main mass, is like mm-hmm. 10 o'clock mass? Oh, it was real early and yeah. in and out. And I thought, uh, you know what, I'm going to try something else next week, and maybe I'll invite some people to go with me. Yeah. So I started a, ro- a group called the Roman Catholics. Roman, R-O-A-M-I-N, Roman, right. uh, rolling right. around Chicago. And yeah. we have, we've got a couple of nicknames. We're the Holy Rollers <laughs> or... Uh, if you don't, if we don't have to work that day, we're the pew and brew. Pew and brew. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just a group of uh, Catholic men and women that enjoy Chicago history. Yeah. And uh, want to get out there and check out the 
the churches in the area and watch, you know, just to see how the other uh, parishes celebrate and everything. Now, do you guys have a website or anything? Oh, no, there's a Facebook. uh, Oh, is there? Yeah. Okay. If anyone out there wants to. So what do they look up? Uh, Roman Uh, Catholics? Roman Catholics. R-O-A-M-I-N-G. Cool. Been uh, inactive for a little bit, but, I mean, we we saw some really, really cool churches. We uh, went to St. Anthony's in Pullman, uh, Roseland, and uh, the second reading is still in Italian. Uh, Holy Cross in Bridgeport. Uh, It's the monks, so they do the whole Mass in the Gregorian chant. Oh, wow. Uh, before there was the fire, we were at Christ the King Sovereign Priest yeah. for a Latin Mass. Over in Englewood. Um, uh, no, yeah. it was right. Actually, it's just uh, west of uh, Mount Carmel. Wood, well, Mount Carmel's in Woodlawn. Wood, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's okay. right, right in there. And um, I still have a list of uh, a couple of parishes I want to check out and, yeah. and uh, see that I haven't been to. Oh, well, there's a thing during Holy Week. A friend of mine runs a bus tour that's called Seven Churches. I think you go to them all in one day or something, and it's a, you get a plenary indulgence. You know, you should visit my church, St. Odillo's. It is the only church dedicated to the, and it is the shrine of the poor souls of purgatory. And I didn't know this when I moved there, but uh, I've been enlightened since then. Every time you walk in that church, you get a 200-day indulgence. Not bad. So I go every day. I'm working on. I'm working on a you're deal. Bank, you're banking it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm bank, right. I'm banking my indulgences. Good, clean yeah. living in Jesus. Yeah. Uh, all right. So what? And I think you're you're an interesting guy because you've investigated your life and and, and it's you were in the Navy. Um, you were, uh, you know, you were a doc, all this stuff comes together to make Danny shine, you know? I I got to tell you, I am the luckiest person you have ever met. And <laughs> I, you know, maybe you've heard people say that, but uh, things just absolutely work out for me. I mean, finding out that I was adopted uh, and learning that I had a, this disease, right? Yeah. Uh, before there was any damage, um, I mean, I've really, things just absolutely work out for me every single time. You know, I, I recently got Somebody to, up there likes you. Yeah. I, I recently got divorced in February. Oh, did you think you were? T- yeah, yeah. And uh, October was my birthday. I turned fifty, and my ex and her brother and his wife hit a surprise birthday party. Oh, no me. kidding! And I mean, that was nice. That, that, that is just the way my life has gone. Yeah. Uh, you know, things have not. You know, life is not perfect. No. But I mean, how many people? How many people's exes would have a sure. throw a party and yeah. surprise me? You know, and stuff like that. So I mean. I, I am a super uh, super super lucky person, and I don't know I I am that's that's it. You remember the Emerald Society? You're also yeah. a motorcycle guy. Um, so yes. what what is that? The vet, Veterans Motorcycle uh, Club? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a member of the Canaryville Veteran Riders Association. Ah, that's it. Okay, cool. Which uh, are some rough and tough I'll rough bet. and tough guys. Yeah, and they are they they do wonderful things. We do a lot of escorts. For people, funerals com- and stuff. Well, funerals, yes, as well as people coming and going uh, from the military. So if, if there's a family member that's that's coming in the Midway or O'Hare, uh, we'll go there and we'll escort them all the way to their house. Wow! And I mean that is really a happy fun. How many bikes are in something like that? Um, it depends. There, there's other groups that we would ride with. Yeah, uh, the Marine Corps group oh. and the uh the lawmen which are the policemen okay 
there's there's a couple groups that the Patriot Guard, uh, we a real good one that we just did uh, while I was on furlough here last month. Uh, we did an escort for a family, uh, the Gary Sinise Foundation. Built, oh. built a house for a disabled veteran. Wow. And it was in uh, Shanahan, Illinois. Oh, yeah. And, and this man lost uh, his leg above his knee. He was, a, he was a student at University of Indiana. 9-11 happens. He quits school, joins the Marine Corps, and he's, he's overseas doing his thing when an uh, explosive device hits his vehicle and he loses half his leg. Wow. Uh, this, this guy went on, and uh, he was married to his girlfriend at the time. They had two children. He got an MBA from Notre Dame. Holy I mean, cow. what a driven, yeah, tough, tough guy. And we were we had the privilege to escort his family to the house where all the other extended family were, and all the new neighbors and everyone else. And it was people were cheering. Oh, like they crazy. welcomed him. That's they welcomed great. them, and yeah. they gave him a smart. They built him a brand new smart house. Holy cow! Where he can control God everything and he can he can get around. Yeah. And I mean, what a super guy. Yeah. And now, how many guys were in that detail, the motorcycles? Uh, there was probably about uh, six or seven of uh, oh, cool. the Canaryville guys. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we, ran, we rode with a couple other groups. But uh, just things like that make you uh, thankful for the things that you have. Absolutely. You know? yeah. yeah. Now, you're working Midnight's Violent Crimes. Hmm. What district are you in? Uh, I'm in Area 2, Area South. Oh, that's like Roseland? It's uh, it's 727 East 111th. Okay. And we cover five districts. Oh, wow. So we cover uh, the district over there, Pullman, Roseland, yeah. Calumet yeah. District. We cover Gresham. Gresham, that's my old 79th district. 79th Street. Yeah. Uh, we cover Inglewood. Oh, wow. Uh, the east side, South Chicago, the whole southeast side, all the way out to Hegwish. And we cover Morgan Park, which is uh, Mount Greenwood, Beverly. Sure. All that whole area, every night. Five districts, uh, and we deployed the detectives out of, uh, out of there. And you're a detective, right? Uh, I'm a sergeant. Oh, okay. I'm a sergeant assigned to the detective division. Okay. Yeah. But you're not in uniform? No, uh, yeah. shirt and tie. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, well, I would imagine you start at midnight? We start at uh, 10, 10 p.m. So I would imagine in those neighborhoods... It's go, 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 right? I mean, yeah, it, I would seem there's a lot of action there. When, uh, when the weather's nice and the summer, and it, it, it definitely uh, it, it will roll all night. Oh, we, could yeah. be, we could be getting jobs all the way up to the very all, bit, all night long. So. Oh, holy cow. Yeah. Um, now, do you have a, is it just you or do you have a partner or how does that work? Uh, I know you've worked on teams yeah. most of your career. I'm, I'm kind of the, uh, the watch coordinator. Oh, okay. So I pretty much stay there and deploy, ah, deploy okay. the guys. If there's a, a homicide, I might scoot out and uh, get to that. Yeah. Or a, a ex- expanded scene where there's more than, uh, you know, there's more than a, there's a couple of people shot. Yeah. You know, I'm going to try to get out there and, and do what I can to help the guys make sure they got enough resources, you know. You know, um, I have a, a print, a friends who are printers, and... I do a lot of printing in my business for our 501c3 and posters and stuff like that. And you got to pick them up in Chinatown. And there's these two black guys I would see every every couple of weeks. I go and see them when I pick up the posters or whatever in Chinatown. And just this week, they moved. And I said, "Well, what's the where's the new pickup?" 
43rd and Cottage Grove. I went, are you nuts? You think I'm going over there? And the, the kid, Eric, is a black guy. He goes, what's the matter? I said, I'm going to get shot. He goes, nobody shot at me. I said, yeah, because you look a little different than me. <laughs> I ain't going there. You can FedEx me this stuff from now on. Mm. But 43rd and Cottage, is that what, what neighbor is that? Bronzeville? Something like that? Or? Yeah, it ain't good. I know that. It's probably a little, maybe a little southeast of Bronzeville. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of hoods. You know, I mean, there's a lot of bad neighborhoods in Chicago, and it sounds like you're working most of them. You know. Mm, yeah, we, we have a few uh, hot spots for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. What else you got in your notes there, Sergeant Shine? <laughs> uh, he has all this stuff to tell me. Uh, before <laughs> we started the show, he, he, we did another show. <laughs> um, but he also gave me a list of stuff he couldn't talk about, and then I opened my big yap five minutes into it. So, But we've fixed that, right, Billy? Yes. Mm. Okay. Uh uh, maybe a, a couple quick police stories. I'll give you the one. Uh, yeah. Uh, we called it. It was the only 10-1 I ever called where we need help. Now what's right. a 10-1? 10-1 Officers is, are down? Uh, it's 10-1. We need help right now. Like, all hands on deck. Yeah. Uh, so we responded to a, a call where it was a man walking down the street with two guns. Just walking down the street. Yeah. Somebody one in each hand. Yeah. Mm, no, not not out. But, you know, yeah. he, I mean, this guy's walking down the street. There's a description. Yeah. And he's got two guns on him. So we go uh, racing over there. Uh, I was on a two-man car, and there was a four-man car on my team that also went. And there's the guy. Oh, they, they grab him. They stop him, uh, check him out. They put him on the car. They start patting him down, and uh, he's got two guns in his waistband. Wow. So he doesn't resist or anything. Like the, guys are, the guys take the guns off of him. Yeah. They're going to secure the guns. And once the guns were off of him, then he wanted to fight. Oh really? So the fight was on. Huh. Uh, the bo- the block cleared. Everyone came out of the houses on us, and somebody started shooting in the al- in the alley. Wow! So they let off about five rounds. So a lot of the policemen that had showed up on the scene started running towards the alley. Yeah. And when they left, we got surrounded, and they were trying to Holy they were trying to take the prisoner in that. And wow! It was, just, it was uh kind of a knockdown uh. Knockdown fight to keep oh, the just guy a in brawl and, broke and out, huh? Just yeah. trying to keep them from uh, from taking uh, our prisoner from us. What do you do? Circle the guy, or how does that work? Kind of. We were yeah. trying to keep uh, keep all the other people from getting to our guys until he was cuffed. Now, uh, we've interviewed a lot of cops on this show, and uh, the thing that I've learned is that there's cameras everywhere, mm-hmm. and it's helped, right? Mm-hmm. Has it not helped? I or? think it's. Uh, Everyone was a little leery about it because it was new. Yeah. But I think it has showed that a lot of people uh, are doing what they're supposed to be doing, and they're being professional. And the stories that the lawyers and uh, the criminals are coming up with <laughs> don't uh, match. that want to sue the police yeah. are, are all fictitious. You know? Yeah. Or, mo- you know, a lot of it's fictitious. So yeah. I don't want to say everything, but. You know, right around the corner here is the. Memorial of Jesse Smollett Corner, <laughs> where it's a, he supposedly was harassed and everything, but they had cameras there too that did him in. Right, uh, right, right, right. Uh, uh, but what a st- that was last summer. Uh, but I, I think that's a great idea because many of the cops who have been on the show have told me, and some of the commanders actually, there's like each district has a control room. Where you can see all the camera, all the video of everything. It's amazing. Yeah. 
Yeah, everything is uh, really tech-savvy speed uh, since I was a detective. I mean, we didn't have any any of this business to have to worry about. And, yeah. Uh, now every case that someone's arrested, you're you're pulling video. Yeah. You know, absolutely From everything. From all different different sources. Mm. Yeah. So you think that's a good thing? Yeah, it, it is. Yeah. Um, okay, so any other points you want to tell me about? Uh, we had uh, we had one uh, when I was a new guy. It was uh, off of Van Buren and Western, and I was with my FTL field uh, training officer. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Adam Zelitsky. Yeah. And uh, kind of a legend on the police department in his own yeah his own uh, way. Super guy. So we we got a call and uh, there's a woman that meets us in the in the sixth floor hallway. It says he's inside. He's inside. He's inside my apartment. Where was it? Adams and what? The St. Stephen's Green apartment buildings, right off of uh, Western and Van Buren. Okay, I'm sure it has nothing on the real St. Stephen's uh, Green. <laughs> oh no, it was it was uh, right across the street from uh, Rockwell Gardens. Oh when yeah, the projects were still up. Sure, yeah. So it it was uh, it was a rough rough little uh, neck of the woods. Yeah. So we get in there. The woman says, "Oh, he's inside. He's inside. He's got a knife." So what had happened is the man uh, comes home after a day of uh, drinking or doing whatever he was doing, and he goes home, he gets into his underwear, gets into bed, decides to get up and go back and knock on the neighbor woman's door. Oh, yeah. And the woman's like, well, what do you want? Yeah. And he said, oh, the, the children are sick. His children? His children. Yeah. So the woman's like, well, the kids played together. So she opened the door. And the guy had flowers with a big knife inside in the flower. Oh wow! She, he kind of tried to poke at her with the knife. Uh, well, this this lady was tough as nails, and she she punched the uh, the crap out of this guy. No kidding. Grabbed her kids and got the kids out of the and out of the got apartment. them all up. Yeah. So now she's in the hallway, and she's like, "The guy's in there. He's still in the apartment." Yeah. So Adam and I get in there. Right, okay, here we go. Uh, we're gonna we have to clear this room. We have to get this guy. Yeah. So we go in and. They're like, it's just like the project buildings. They're all cinder blocks. Yeah. There's no regular walls or anything like that. I mean, there's nowhere to go. Yeah. We're searching under the beds, the closets. He's hiding in there. He's, she's adamant. He's in there. We didn't leave. He, we didn't leave the hallway. He's in, he's in there. He's in there. Yeah. We, up and down, we couldn't, we turned the place up and down. We could not find this guy. Yeah. We're like, lady, you know, we're th- now we're thinking there's something wrong with her. Yeah. Uh, then we get a call downstairs and said, uh, I think we might have your guy down here. <laughs> he jumped out the window? <laughs> he jumped out six floors. Oh, my God. And he landed in the snow. <laughs> uh, the bones in his leg came out the bottom of his feet. Oh. So immediately we called for the 911. We had to call the, the yeah. fire department to get over there and give the guy service. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so he was laying there in his underwear. And, oh. Uh, first thing he says, we get, Romeo. Down, we get down there. First thing we get down there, he says, uh, somebody stole my pants. Oh yeah, so there he was laying in the. <laughs> they just fell off. Yeah, but <laughs> he he got a heavy sentence for that. Oh I mean, wow, he really? That guy went away. <laughs> Besides uh, a rehab with uh, broken legs and hips. Yeah. And, uh, well, oh. actually, that was a break for you guys because if you had found him in there, that would have been a tussle and all that other crap. Yeah, could have, it could have gone south. Yeah, exactly. That's a great story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he wanted to make a move on his neighbor. <laughs> Lance, wanted, Ra- Lance Romance. The bones in his legs came out through his feet. Is that what you said? I mean, 
<laughs> what a disaster. Lance Romance. <laughs> uh, well, that was a good one. <laughs> and that's just every other night that kind of crap goes on. That's what amazes me. Um, you have incredible resilience, uh, you know, the, all you've been through, and not only the police work, but the, the adoption and the blood disease and all the other stuff going on. Uh, you're a pretty well-adjusted guy. <laughs> uh, at least I think you are. <laughs> yeah, my neighbors would say different. Don't ask the ex. <laughs> uh, and uh, the, the ex was, uh, she's super. Her name's uh, Rasheen. Okay. And uh, Rasheen Hegarty. And uh, Rash is uh, from Bunkrana. Oh, she's from Ireland. County Donegal. Oh, no kidding. Yes. And uh, she's from quite the family. And uh, she's a nurse. Oh, she's God a nurse at a uh, little company. No kidding. And yeah. uh, um, she does a great job over there, and she good loves her. her job, and she does a she does a very good job. She's well thought of over there. Good. Her well, mom's a her mom's a real interesting person. Talking about history and yeah, this business. Uh, her mother was a school. Both her parents were school teachers in her, Ireland. In Ireland, her mom got uh, cancer. Her yeah. mom has fought three different types of cancer. But uh, she was a school teacher, and she one year she taught the girls how to knit. The kids in class. The gr- yeah, how to, just how to do some knitting. So it, the kids got excited about it. It was a good group. They went home and kind of showed their mothers and their sisters how to do it. Oh, yeah. Caught and on. And it did. It caught on really quick. And then they came back to her and said, listen, we have, uh, we have all these sweaters. You know, can you help us sell them? Yeah. Her father was a real entrepreneur that built his own bus, and he started the Loxwilly bus line, uh, which drove the bus from Bunkrana and around Donegal yeah. to Derry City, which was, you know, that's that's the big uh, uh, city over there. It was in the north. Yeah. So the father actually built his built this bus and started his own business and built bus had a bus line running where he yeah. had property in each of these small towns. And that's where they would pick the people up. They had stations all where around. Where did you meet uh, Rashin? Rash uh, was living out here. Oh, okay. And, um, but her mom, back, back to the sweater business. Yeah. So the girls got excited. She found uh, a couple stores and people to take the sweaters. Well, now the stores are coming back to her. We want more. We want more. Yeah. She owns the largest hand-knit sweater company in Ireland. It's wow. Called, it's called Crana Knits. That's huge. And she's been at it for over 40 years. Yeah. She sits on all kinds of Irish trade boards. Yeah. She's been around the world. Uh, she's been to uh, St. Petersburg, Moscow. Yeah. She's been to India. She's been to Africa. Uh, she sells sweaters to Japan. Yeah. I mean, she's a super, super lady. She writes her own patterns and... Um, she's just a real entrepreneur and uh, a hard charger. She's 83 years old. And, God bless her. Uh, yeah, she's a she's a tough nut. What's her name? Uh, Rosaline Hegarty. Rosaline Hegarty. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, she's super, but, uh, I mean, that's a lady that would could fill a book. Let me okay. tell you, she's got some stories. You could fill a book. <laughs> You're going to have to come back. You're going to have to come back. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> Thank you, Danny. Great having you on the show again, as always. Stay safe out there. We're big fans of you. Uh, we want you to stick around. All right, we're going to be right back after these messages from our friends on Hibernian Radio. Flood Brothers Disposal was started over 90 years ago by their grandfather. 
With more than 20 family members still involved with day-to-day operations, the floods are service-oriented and believe that the right way is the only way to do something. Flood Brothers are price competitive and still offer the personal touch in an industry-trending corporate. For client-centric service without all of that corporate garbage, call Flood Brothers today for a quote on your solid waste recycling and yard waste collection services. Call Bob Flood today at 630-261-0400 or go online at floodbrothersdisposal.com. Welcome back to the Flood Brothers. Hey everybody, this is Charlotte Houlihan. Don't touch that dial. My grandpa will be right back some more Hibernian radio. He said something about seeing a man about a horse. Sounds like I'm actually going to get that pony after all. Irish American News has been bringing you the news important to the Irish in Chicagoland for over 40 years. If you like mostly good news and information from all aspects of the Irish community, check out Irish American News. To advertise or subscribe, call our friend Cliff Carlson at 847-872-0700 or email him at cliff at irishamericannews.com. Irish American News, we've always been green. Cops and firefighters risk their lives almost every day. So they shouldn't have to risk their hard-earned dough in any get-rich schemes or the blather of old pals in the real estate biz. And good luck trying to figure out the stock market or cryptocurrency or even economics 101 when you come home exhausted at the end of your shift. What you need is somebody you can trust. And they're in short supply these days. Hey, take it from me. I've lost fortunes in showbiz because I thought I was smarter than everybody else and I wound up bankrupt and broke. It took me a long time to decide to find a friend I could trust who had my family's best interests at heart. That friend was my late pal, Joe Madden. I met him as he passed the basket at St. Luke's, and I'd turn my pockets inside out as he came to my pew, and I'd say, I'm tapioca. He laughed, but didn't stop him from supporting my films and showbiz endeavors over the years. Joe Madden had my back. A few years before he died, Joe started Madden Funds with his sons, Mike and Danny. The Maddens and Houlihans have been pals for a long, long time. They can advise the best path for your investments. Madden Funds will have your back, too. Need advice on your 401k or your rollover IRA? You can trust Madden Funds to help you protect and grow your investments now and in your family's future. Go to their website, maddenfunds.com. Or call Mike or Dan Madden at 708-848-3200 and tell them who Lee sent you. And we are back. Thanks to Danny Shine. He always comes through. God bless him. My favorite giant. Uh, also, I want to re- remind everybody that a guest from just a couple nights ago, uh, Peter Searby, uh, is going to be at the Irish American Heritage Center January 13th with his show called Catch the Spark, an evening of words and music with Peter Searby. If you listen to the show last week, you know he was a terrific guest, and he is, is the founder of uh, the Riverside Adventure Club for Boys, teaching young young boys how to become young men. Uh, they're also going to have the Great Whiskey Project playing on Basil and the Rathbones. That's January 13th, 7 o'clock, at the Irish American Heritage Center. So I hope you all go see that. Now, uh, you know, Billy, whenever I'm walking on Western Avenue, I look in the window, Ken's, Ron's, Hearts, or any of those great Irish saloons, 
I see the ghost of my old pal Jimmy Goff through the mist. He says to me, Hey, Holy, who died? I'm sick, so I got to take a sip here. Okay, now, another two tragedies happened in the last week. My old pal PJOD died. He was 97. And I'm in the midst of writing a story about him in the Irish Echo, but Richard Haggerty, great guy who went to Ireland like six or seven times. Uh, he and his brother Billy and his cousin Mike uh, run uh, Mike Haggerty Buick GMC out in Oak Lawn, and he was just a terrific guy and a close friend. And it's, I know it's unusual, but I'm going to read his whole obit because he is an amazing guy. And uh, I think he'll realize that if you haven't met Richard Ricardo Haggerty. If you knew Richard Haggerty III, then you knew he was a man too big to capture in these simple words. He was a father, husband, brother, and uncle. He was a friend to many, an adventurer to all. He was a presence larger than life, never to be matched again. He loved a good book, great party, and an elaborate ruse and a captivating story. He was there when you needed him, and I can attest to that, ready to make the world turn for whatever the day called for. Richard nobly departed this world on December 23, 2023, surrounded by his loving family. He was preceded and surely welcomed by his beloved wife, Susie, and cherished daughter, Eileen. Heavenly shenanigans are no doubt in full swing now. He was an exceedingly proud and magnificent father to Katie, Maggie, Eileen, Patrick, and Rory. The world spun round for his children. He was described by his adored and adoring grandchildren, Zelda and Milo, as the coolest and the greatest. He held a special connection with Peggy Gately, whose path he happily joined again. He was son to the late Mary McGarry and Richard Edward Haggerty Jr., who is proudly brother to eight siblings, Martha, Phyllis, Claire, Mary Ann, Bill, Art, Cherry, and Sean, uncle to many nieces and nephews, and the oldest of 83 grandchildren. What a guy. Richard was a member of St. Linus and St. Tommy Moore parishes in his youth. He would first cross paths with his future wife, Susie, at the latter. He attended and excelled at St. Ignatius, where he thumbed to school each day. Now, this is a true story. I know guys who went there. They would hitchhike every day to school and back. He attended St. Norbert College and went on to serve in the United States Navy for two years. He served as an HN3 hospital corpsman assigned to a United States Marine Corps unit in country and performed medevac in South Vietnam on the front lines. Upon returning home, Richard earned a Bachelor of Arts degree in history at the University of Illinois at Chicago Circle in 1973. Through a fortuitous circumstance, he and his cousin Mike Haggerty became next-door neighbors in the Beverly neighborhood in 1981. The two rolled up the fence between their homes and became a 42-year business partnership and friendship. It was the definition of hard work and committed. He worked nearly six days per week running the business with Mike throughout the remainder of his life. Duo famously purchased a fire truck, which became a staple in the Southside Irish St. Patrick's Day Parade for many years. Richard was an avid sailor and traveler. He loved to see the world and be part of its secrets and stories. He embraced life and all its beauty with great vigor and dedication, especially when he and his wife Susan became parents at 55 to their daughter Rory, who simply dazzled their every moment. The trio traveled the world together, laughed and explored often, and enjoyed many special days in Long Beach. 
He was a longtime bagpiper, drum major, and member of the Chicago Stockyard Guilty Band, a founding member of the Windy City Veterans, a member of the Flags Club of Canaryville, Madonna, the Oak Lawn Elks Lodge 2254, the VFW on 52nd Avenue, and an outstanding patron of Kelly's Tavern in Chicago. Supporter of the Beverly Area Planning Association, Save the Boobies, and St. Gabriel and St. Germain Parishes, he staunchly stood behind the causes and people he cared for most. From Marco Island to Ireland, and I was with him many times in Ireland, and to Grand Beach to Paris, he left his mark wherever he went, and he always took with him stories of the people he met and the fun he had. Boy, did he. Please join us in raising your glass in Richard's name, in his honor, live, loudly, and bravely, and love those around you dearly. Richard Edward Haggerty, and rest his lovely soul. They're going to be celebrating a wife well lived, a life well lived at Curly Funeral Home tomorrow, Thursday, and Friday with a funeral from St. Germain's Parish in Oak Lawn. I was honored to call him my friend. The words of Shakespeare his life was gentle. The elements so mixed in him that nature might stand up to all the world and say, This was a man. So God rest his soul. Haggerty, my old pal. Okay, Robert F. Kelly Sr., retired Chicago Police Department, age 73, beloved husband, 51 years to the late Karen, and the devoted father of Kimberly and Robert. Robert was a longtime parishioner of St. Dennis, St. Basil, and St. Rita Church in lieu of flowers, donations to the Chicago Police Memorial Foundation would be appreciated, and arrangements were handled by Sheehy for all the right people. Patrick O. Kelly, a longtime accounting teacher at Hubbard High School, Beloved husband of 57 years to Susan Kelly, devoted father of Kimberly, Patrick, and Lynn. God rest his soul, Patrick Kelly. Also, she, for all the right people. Maura C. Keene, a native of Newtown, Nina, County Tipperary, Ireland. Beloved wife of the late John, Jack Keene, and the dearest mother of Brian and Kathleen, and the late Maureen and John. Mora worked many years at Zimmerman Brush Company and later at O'Hare International Airport, Department of Aviation. Mora was past secretary of the John McGinty 32 Social Club and guild member of the Mother Teresa Guild, St. Paul of the Cross Church. God rest her lovely soul, Mora Keene. Ann Burke, age 92, born in Tourmacady County, Mayo, Ireland. Devoted daughter of James and Julia Conway, devoted and loving mother of Sheila Burke. Mary, Catherine, Michael, Patrick, Barbara, Judy, and John. Anne had been married to Joseph Burke, who preceded her in death in July of 2013. God rest her lovely soul, Anne Burke. James P. Quinn, beloved husband of Janet Quinn, devoted father of Patrick and John, in lieu of flowers, memorial donations to Catholic charities would be most appreciated. He's one of the good ones, as BJ used to say. William M. Sheehan, 80, devoted husband of 55 years to Mary Ellen, loving father of Bill, the late Ryan, Matt, and Sarah. Bill was a man of great faith and a loyal friend to many. He had immense joy in sharing his love of golf with relatives and friends. God rest his soul, Bill Sheehan. Mary Catherine Mulcrone, age 79, of Chicago, longtime teacher, longtime friend and companion to Steve Matuck. In lieu of flowers, donations to Misericordia, God rest her soul, Mary Catherine Mulcrone. Connor McHugh, 
age 64, a resident of Naperville. He was an enthusiastic fan of Chicago Bears and White Sox and enjoyed socializing with friends at Bottoms Up Sports Bar and Grill in Naperville. In lieu of flowers, donations, Connor's memory may be made to Chicago White Sox charities. God rest his soul, Connor McHugh. Nora T. Byrne, beloved wife of John P. Byrne, loving mother of Steve, Pat, Jim, Tom, Beth, and John. The loveliest masterpiece of the heart of God is the heart of a mother. That's from Letters of St. Teresa. Louvres of Flowers, please send donations to St. Malachi School in Nora T. Byrne's name. God rest her soul. John Curran, age 89, beloved husband of Sally and the late Colette, loving father of Susan, Julie, and John. He was a teacher and school psychologist for Chicago Public Schools for 35 years, a naval veteran, in lieu of flowers, donations to the Salvation Army. God rest his soul, John Curran. John Jack Gaynor of River Forest, suddenly, age 78, beloved husband of Mary Ann, loving father of Michael Gaynor and Ann Gaynor, in lieu of flowers, memorials are appreciated to Leo High School. God rest his soul, Jack Gaynor. Tom Heffernan. Tom had been failing health, and his lungs just gave out when he was taking a nap after a good breakfast. Hey, that's a good way to go. I'll take that any day of the week. He joins his parents, Frank and Muriel. His siblings, Chuck, Sheila, and Patrick, welcomed him as well. He is survived by three sons, Mark, John, and Michael. Uh, he was born in Ohio. His family moved to Glenview. Tom never turned down a good joke, and he shared them with everyone else. Tom's, Tom went around several. Some went around several times. He requested to have no services except for when his son scattered his ashes with a toast of good Irish whiskey. God rest his soul, Tom's Heffernan. Mary Lou Sullivan, beloved wife of the late Cornelius Sullivan, loving stepmother of Joe Sullivan. Neil Sullivan, William Sullivan, and Aaron. Uh, proud alumna of, of Visitation, grads, grads, grade school and high school. Uh, donations may be made to the Dominican Sisters of Cincinnati. God rest her lovely soul, Mary Lou Sullivan. Margaret Peg Eileen Forgue, 69. Beloved wife of Jeffrey, loving mother of Car Caroline, Terry, and Michelle. Uh, Peg was born in Chicago, growing up as a twin in the middle of an Irish family of eight kids. She learned quickly that she had a passion for caring for other people. She attended Lewis University, where she earned her bachelor's degree in nursing. Peg will be remembered as a selfless, altruistic wife, mother, and sister who always showed great strength, even when she struggled with her own health. God rest her lovely soul, Peg for you. And that's the wrap-up. Let's close up the kill. Crypt, Billy. It's been a rough, rough week, I gotta tell you. When your two pails die, that ain't good. And to all those other people, God rest their souls. We're gonna take a little break here on Hibernian Radio. Come back with a little bit of Hooli Town. So stick around. With a history going all the way back to 1896, the International Union of Operating Engineers has continued to protect workers and their families with loyalty and brotherhood. Local 150 has continued to thrive through economic booms and busts with careful training and aggressive organizing. Under the leadership of President and Business Manager Jim Sweeney, Local 150 has implemented programs and action plans to create work, protect benefits, and keep members working. And they've been helping the Irish-American community of Chicagoland for just as long. 
The Hibernian Radio Show is proud to be associated with Jim Sweeney and Local 150, and we salute the continuing efforts of the International Union of Operating Engineers and their support of Irish and Irish-American families now and in the future. Thanks to Local 150. One hundred and ten years ago, Roger Sheehy started his family business with his sons. Sheehy's have handled a lot of Southside Irish families since then, mine included. When my late brother Willie died, my brother Danny and I went out to meet with Bob Sheehy to discuss the wake and funeral. Bob and Jimmy Sheehy are quite simply the best. But there's something else about the Sheehy's. Willie was a bachelor. He died alone. The nurses at Northwestern gave me his belongings when I went to pick up his stuff after his death. They gave me his wallet, clothes, and some cash that was on him when he died. As Danny and I discussed what suit to bury Willie in, I handed the cash, 88 bucks, to Bob Sheehy, and I said, put this in his pocket before the wake. Danny looked at me funny, and I said, just some walking around money in case he needs it wherever he's going. But Bob Sheehy said, of course. He knew I was grieving in my own way for probably my favorite brother. I'll never forget that. Sure, the Sheehys were great through the whole thing, and as I did Willie's eulogy at Christ the King, I saw Bob standing in the back of the church, laughing along with the rest of our family as I told some Willie tales out of school. I will never forget that. And when I die, I know my old friends Bob and Jimmy Sheehy will be keeping an eye out for me and my family. They are the best in the business. The Sheehys have been helping Irish families on the South Side for a long, long time, just like their father and grandfather before them, Sheehy. Where all the right people go. Irish American News has been bringing you the news important to the Irish in Chicagoland for over 40 years. If you like mostly good news and information from all aspects of the Irish community, check out Irish American News. To advertise or subscribe, call our friend Cliff Carlson at 847-872-0700 or email him at cliff at irishamericannews.com. Irish American News. We've always been green. Hey folks, Charlotte Houlihan here. Did you know that Hibernian Radio is now streaming worldwide on Global Irish Radio? Every Saturday night at 7 p.m. or 1 a.m. in Ireland. Yes, the Irish are always way ahead of us. Check it out at globalirishradio.com or capital G-I-R dot I-E. Fox's is the best pizza in Chicago, and everybody knows that. For three generations, Fox's has been cooking up the most delicious zah known to man. And if you want to have some, you got to go south to Orland Park, where Fox's started in 1973, over 55 years ago, at 143rd Street and Ravinia Avenue. And also south to Mokina, where Fox's started in 2006, 187th Street, just west of Wolf Road. Go south to Fox's. And guess what? Both locations offer the greatest pizza in the history of the world, but also live music every Friday and Saturday at both Orland Park and Mokina at no extra charge. Go south to Fox's. Your mouth will thank you and your ears and eyes will thank you too. You gotta love that Fox's pizza. Go south to Fox's in Orland Park and Mokina. Pick up or delivery. You can't beat Fox's pizza. So go south.
Flood Brothers Disposal was started over 90 years ago by their grandfather. With more than 20 family members still involved with day-to-day operations, the floods are service-oriented and believe that the right way is the only way to do something. Flood Brothers are price competitive and still offer the personal touch in an industry-trending corporate. For client-centric service without all of that corporate garbage, call Flood Brothers today for a quote on your solid waste recycling and yard waste collection services. Call Bob Flood today at 630-261-0400 or go online at floodbrothersdisposal.com. Welcome back to the Flood Brothers. Deep. Deep in deep, the south side deep. of Chicago. Get me out of here. So deep, 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 All the way up to 93rd Street. Get me out of here, please. Across the tracks where they only spoke yakky dot. Oh. And the people barely survived on a strict diet of crunchy bunks and bad food. Hey, man, you want another drink? Yes. Huh? Can I get you two? This yeah. This is almost 70 years we're talking. 70 when years? What? Oh. Something entered his cranium. His cranium? Right. And wormed around his frontal lobes and oh. took him to a state of mind. Mind, yes. mind, mind. Been placed on the other side of bunkers. Welcome. <laughs> <a> crazy, <laughs> silly, screwy. Have, have a seat. <laughs> known as... Hooley Town. Welcome to Hooley Town. Don't stay too long, though. How come? Because you might not come back. <laughs> uh, welcome to Hooley Town. Why, thank you. And you're welcome. Okay, we're back on Hibernian Radio on this crazy, crazy night, <laughs> the 3rd of January. Getting some uh, post-holiday malaise and friends dying and everybody's sick. and They don't have COVID, though, because I think that's a bunch of baloney. Uh, but I do have a cold. And I apologize for that, but I want to tell you some stories. Now, we're in Hooleytown now. Don't forget that. So anything can happen. Man walks into a bar. Now, <laughs> how many times have you heard that? Man walks into a bar. He reaches into his pocket. He pulls out a little man maybe a foot tall, and a little piano. He puts them both on the bar, and the little guy starts playing Mozart as the man orders his drink. The bartender says, I'm sure it's none of my business, but where do you find a little man who plays a piano like that? The guy says, well, there's a genie outside granting wishes. I I bet he's still there if you hurry and catch him. The bartender runs outside, and moments later, a bunch of ducks come in through the front door and start causing a big ruckus. The bartender says, you didn't tell me the genie was deaf. I asked for a million bucks, not a million ducks. The guy says, do you think I really asked for an 11-inch pianist? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. I got a couple more. I'm threatening you. Proper way to call somebody a bastard. A guy was getting ready to tee off on the first hole when a second golfer approached and asked if he could join him. The first guy said that he usually played alone, but he agreed to the twosome. They were even after the first few holes. And the second guy said, you know, we're, we're about evenly matched. How about playing for five bucks a hole? Well, the first guy said there he wasn't much for betting, but he said, okay. The second guy won the remaining 16 holes with ease. It was they were walking off number 18. The second guy was busy counting his 80 bucks. He confessed that he was the pro at a neighboring course and liked to pick on suckers. The first fellow revealed that he was a parish priest. (laughs) The pro was flustered and apoplectic. Oh, 
offering you. He said, Father, I'll give you the bad money back. You won fair and square. And the priest said, you won fair and square, and I was foolish to bet with you. You keep your winnings. The pro said, is there anything else I could do to make it up to you, Father? Well, yeah, you could come to Mass on Sunday and make a donation. And if you want to bring your mother and father along, I'll marry them, you stinking bastard. <laughs> okay. Uh, that the proper that the title of that joke was a proper way to call someone a bastard. Forgive me, I should have set it up better. But uh, once again, I'm not at a hundred percent. Okay, here we go. Final joke. Final joke. Final joke on who let down. If mothers have Mother's Day, and fathers have Father's Day, and lovers have Valentine's Day, what do single guys have? How about Palm Sunday? <laughs> okay. Hope you enjoyed the show, folks, because guys sure did. We'll see you next week. I think Alamo's back next week. Hope everybody enjoys the new year. And let's make it a better one than 2023 because that one sucked. Let's get a new mayor. Let's get everything. Uh, let's get rid of Joe Biden. Let's do all the things that I want. All right? God bless you all. Thank you so much for listening. You're our audience. We love you guys. Thanks you so much. And we'll see you later. Bye. I look down the road and I wondered just to see how far, see how far I was from God. And I buckled up my shoes and then I started walking. Shoes.